Welcome to Fresh Coast Jazz Backstage, the show that gives you a chance to hang with today's top contemporary jazz artists. I'm your host, Carl Brown. Hey, welcome to the show today, everybody. Thank you so much for tuning in. Recently, Fresh Coast Jazz Festival had its first Fresh Coast Jazz Festival Hometown All-Star Showcase. We have four great acts from Milwaukee perform and compete for a chance to open the 2023 Fresh Coast Jazz Festival on Friday, August 25th and share the stage with the likes of Larry Carlton and Paul Brown. One of those acts was B.D. Greer and the Gents. The band leader showcased vocal talent that kind of really had me saying like, wow, I, I did not know this woman could sing like that. So after hearing her at the showcase, I wanted to make sure that we introduced her to you, our listeners. Please welcome to the show, B.D. Greer. B.D., thanks for joining us. Thank you so much, Carl. It's a pleasure. So my first question is, what does the B.D. stand for? <laughs> well, so my first name is Brianna, uh-huh. and so my maiden name is Davis. Okay. And then my husband's name is Greer. Okay. And so my husband goes by A.D., Andrew David. Ah. So when we were kind of thinking of the start of, B, you know, my professional in Milwaukee name, yeah. um, we were like, well, B.D. Okay. Right? Because yeah. I was going by Brianna Davis Greer, so uh-huh. we were like, it's simpler. So, yeah. B.D. There you go. That makes sense. (laughs) Makes total sense to me. And the the alignment with the husband, that's a good thing, too. (laughs) Yes, yes. We're on the same page. Yeah. So so like I said, you know, I got to be honest with you. I'm sitting. I had I knew about you in Milwaukee, but I don't think I'd ever seen you perform before the showcase. Mm -hmm. And so I'm sitting there and I, I have to be kind of as neutral as I can be, which is why I wasn't a judge. Right. But I'm sitting there and I'm listening and I'm thinking to myself, oh my gosh, this this lady really, really has an awesome voice. So, like, when did you decide that, well, one, when did you recognize that you had something? And when did you decide, hey, I want to I pursue this singing career? Yeah. Well, I mean, I'm a Wisconsin girl, mm-hmm. so I'm actually from Nina. So I've always had supportive parents who knew right away from a young age that I could sing, or at least on key, (laughs) Uh uh and that I loved the arts. So it started in theater, and, you know, up in the Fox Cities, they're so supportive. Now it's like, it's a whole different world. It's Uh all about, you know, indie artists and new musicians and creative work. But at the time, it was really just about the musical theater scene. And so I knew I had a voice, and I knew that I loved performing, and I loved to sing. You know, I have a very collective style of music, um, all genres. And that really is because of my parents. But I think that's when I just knew I loved to sing, that I was good at it, that I connected to it. And then, you know, as I got older, I knew that I wanted to pursue it. Uh, Hence my move to New York City. Yeah. So let's talk a little bit about that. You you decided to go out to New York and what was that experience like for you? Yeah, I mean, for me, I went right when I was 18. Uh-huh. And so I was in an underprogram called AMDA, American okay. Music Dramatic Academy. For me, it was amazing because I was just surrounded by very talented. My, my year was really talented. I was surrounded by some amazing vocalists and musicians, yeah. you know, at the time. I think in my... My time, you know, in that late 90s, early 2000, it wasn't as much about musicians and just vocalists. You know, you either were kind of an artist or you were like a musical theater performer. It wasn't like a mix. And as I saw through the years in New York City, you know, some of the Broadway shows were having, you know, performers who could play instruments. You know, and at the time you never thought that would have been important. But, you know, I wish I had because for a time I really wanted to play upright bass. Ah. You know, so I wish I had done that. But my time in New York City was amazing. I was there for 21 years. Wow. And I have to say that, you know, I've always had 
growing experiences. You know, I never had anything bad. You know, yeah. I always I always had a, a positive vibe around me. Okay. But I felt like, you know, I was there to learn the life experience. I had some amazing t- moments happen in my life yeah. as a professional singer. And then also kind of the aches and pains, but never anything that stopped me from growing. That's cool. That's really cool. So 21 years in New York. For those of you who've not spent any time living in New York, let's just say New York is on 10, right? Like everything going on all the time and like there's nothing you can't do in New York when you choose to do it, right? So of all the things, a couple questions along that line. One, where did you play? What was the coolest place that you ever performed at in New York? Start there. Yeah, I have to say, I mean, of course, old school standard Birdland. Um, I was honored to perform at Madison Square Garden when I was a USO performer, Uh hence why I have a love for, you know, that kind of Andrew sister, yeah. jazz blues, that like 1940s styled uh-huh. music was because I was a New York City USO performer, but Madison Square Garden and then uh, Natural History Museum. Oh, wow. Yeah. Wow. So I've had some, you know, I've had some really fun, interesting professional singer moments and then just the classic traditional times as well. So. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So next part of that question is, what is the craziest thing you experienced being in New York? <laughs> That, that we can share on the show. Um, I, right, I know. Let me think here. You know what? Here's a fun one. So I was at an apartment on 79th and Riverside. Uh-huh. So that was, you know, this little tiny studio that my parents felt comfortable dropping me off in yeah. New York City. So I was there for a couple of years, and I'd be on and off through shows and stuff. And so it got to about four years after, so I've been in New York four years. And I have to get out of this apartment uh-huh. so um they're kicking me out right okay. you know it's one of those you know that it was a thousand dollars at a time for this tiny studio which uh-huh. by then was like nothing uh-huh. right now it'd be like over three thousand right. so my mom comes in and she is helping me look for an apartment but we couldn't move into this other apartment until like the next day uh-huh. so we left that apartment right i had to work at this restaurant i was working at we popped a squat the security guard <laughs> let us come back into that apartment we slept on a mattress on the floor, oh, and that was like the most New York moment my mom and I have ever experienced. That's all right. And no blanket. We just used our jackets, and uh-huh. the security guard was like, as long as you're out by 7 a.m., they won't know you're there. Okay. So I got to sleep on a mattress, no blanket, with my mother, uh-huh. my Wisconsin mother, and uh, was then able to move into my new apartment the next day. Yeah. So I feel like that is the most weirdest moment. Yeah. So yeah. I guess that tells you, you know, I was pretty blessed, you know, nothing crazy or bad ever happened. But that that definitely was one of those moments where I was like, wow, this is definitely yeah, New York. <laughs> yeah, no doubt about it. No doubt about it. Did you find it more challenging to get into opportunities to perform in New York because of the scale of New York? Or did you find it easier because there's just more places and more people looking for someone to perform? Yeah. You know what? I find that at the time that there were those years where I had huge opportunities that opened up to me and it was great experiences and memorable performing moments. And then there'd be those times where, you know, those years I'd be auditioning and I was part of the uh, the union. I was actors equity. Mm -hmm. And, you know, there'd be those years I was like, yes, I'm so glad I'm part of the union. And then there'd be the other years where I just wouldn't work. And I just feel like, what am I doing? Or, you know, you go into audition and you just start to really not feel your worth or that you're, you know, you're good enough. And, you know, I always prided and have always believed in myself, but I think it started to diminish towards the end of me being a professional singer. Uh And then um, I think it was towards, yeah, I mean, in my early 30s, I've been there over 
12 years or so, yeah. I got to a point where I got back from a show and I didn't work for a straight year. Okay. And I had an agent and he just, we, I wasn't booking anything. Yeah. And I think that's when I started being like, okay, you know what? I, I've always loved this career, yeah. but I think it was starting to take who I was. And I've uh-huh. always really prided myself to know who I was. I think it's probably why I lasted so long in yeah. New York. And so that's kind of when I chose a different career path and got into hospitality and yeah. hotels. Yeah. So, okay. So now you spent all that time in New York and you make a decision to move back to your home state of Wisconsin. Talk us through what that decision, what what brought that on and what was that transition like? Yeah, I mean, I think getting to hotels, it, you know, I always believe God puts things in our life mm-hmm. you know, for a reason. And so when I opened myself up to this new career in hotels, so yeah. I'm um, concierge. Yeah. So in New York City, I was a professional concierge. So guest itineraries, knowing your city. So by then I knew yeah. New York inside out. I bet. So I was um, pretty much at the top of my game. I worked for some amazing hotels and then I met my husband and then we got married. Uh-huh. And so then that kind of took over the way of my life. And I really wasn't focused on singing. Uh-huh. I think I needed to kind of find the other part of me besides just being the singer or just being a performer. And so for us, you know, those last couple of years was all about just, you know, being married, having our first little guy, uh-huh. enjoying my job in New York City. And then we got to a point where we had to find a new apartment. And so we were looking and it was just ridiculous. Yeah. I mean, even to rent, it was the you, it was like 3000 or more yeah. for just a month. You know, it was imagine. just too much. So my husband is from Brooklyn. And uh-huh. so for some reason, my Brooklyn husband has always liked <laughs> Wisconsin. Really? Okay. Yeah. Okay. He's, you know, he can't, his parents are from the Midwest. So, you know, I think he, he's just always loved the open space. Yeah. He's never really a city person himself, you know. Okay. So we moved. And in 2019, October, we moved back. And I knew I was going to be able to get a job at the Fister Hotel uh-huh. in Milwaukee because I'm part of the union for concierge work. But I didn't realize that the past concierge, Peter Mortensen, uh-huh. was going to retire. And okay. so uh, he'd been looking for a couple of years and he felt comfortable and just the stars aligned. And so I knew I was going to be the head concierge for the Fister Hotel. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I have parents up in Nina still. So we had the yeah. support there. And then it just, I don't know, it gradually just everything was making sense. And, you know, the world was opening us to come back to Milwaukee. Yeah. And then honestly, again, someone's always watching over you. Yeah. COVID happened four months later. Mm-hmm. So we didn't even know about it. So it's just a blessing we were in Wisconsin and not in yeah. New York. Yeah, no kidding. Because, you know, the struggle was real for oh. so many of my friends out there. So Yeah, there's no doubt about that. I tell you, I, that COVID experience, I think, changed everyone in some way, shape, or form. I've had that conversation with so many people. And, and you know, talk about a tough time to be an, an artist, a musician, because the world just stopped. There was no performing. There was no uh, no shows. There, and that lasted for really more than a year, almost two years. And that's an amazing thing to be, you know, like just everything stopped. What was the, what was the hotel business like at that time? Gosh, it was just kind of like if you were a performer, you know, mm-hmm. with Broadway, so many of my friends, my gosh, I mean, yeah. so many had to leave New York too. For us with the hotel, yeah, we had to shut down. Um, well, we actually held on for a bit. So mm-hmm. I was with the hotel for four months, but then I found out I was pregnant with my second little boy. Okay, okay, okay. <laughs> so there was someone else watching me and would have probably stayed on and through COVID yeah. and helped with the front desk as management for them. But um, because I was pregnant, I just couldn't be around it. Yeah. And so for me, 
and my family, we just bubbled down. You know, we were in our little bubble. Mm -hmm. And for us, it was just kind of we were, you know, in our own little nook. You yeah. know? And then the hotel did have to close um, probably about six months after COVID mm -hmm. hit us in March. And that was the first time the Fister had ever closed. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah. in like 120 something years. Wow. So crazy. Wow. So it took a while. I mean, I was furloughed for about 10 months and then let go officially. And then I didn't get back to my concierge position at the Fister for 18 months. No kidding. Yeah. 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 Long time. So how did you fill that 18 months? Was it, was it family time? Was it doing other things and scratch, uh, you know, scratching other itches that you might have? Uh, <laughs> yeah. I personally? mean, so yeah, it really, it helped our family, you know, it helped us kind of connect because in New York too, especially with my husband, my first, I, I was a head concierge for a really busy hotel uh -huh. in New York. So for I was always a go, 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 go. So yeah. for us, it really took the time for our family to reunite, yeah. to get ready for this new little guy that was coming yeah. and just like center ourselves. And then when I was officially let go from the Fister, you know, it was time I needed to work. I'm a worky, yeah. busy bee. I got to go. Yeah. And so I was really fortunate. And this is why I started singing. Uh -huh. So again, I got a job at a senior community, uh -huh. St. Uh, Rita Square uh -huh. on the east side of Milwaukee. And they were looking for a lifestyle director, which is basically kind of a coordinator for the seniors, yeah. whether it's working out with them uh -huh. or taking them around Milwaukee or just, you know, just enriching their lives. Yeah. And it was a ball. I had so much fun. Huh. But what came from that was one of my seniors, her son, his Augie Haas. Yeah who's a very well-known jazz trumpeter mm -hmm. from Milwaukee, and he now lives in New York and yes. works professionally at Aladdin on Broadway and all over New York City. And I had never met Augie, but he wanted to, he was in town and he wanted to perform at the senior community. So okay. we started talking, and I said, yeah, that's not a problem. And he's like, well, I'm going to bring a piano player, and it was Mark Therfelter from, uh -huh. who books all the talent for the Marcus Hotels. Uh -huh. And I was like, oh, I know Mark, not a problem. And so we had it all set. And then he called like half an hour later, and he was like, so Mark? says you're a singer he's like you should totally sing a few tunes and I was like oh you know I haven't done it in a while and he's like no 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 sing you should sing a few uh -huh. tunes and I, he's like the seniors will love it and I was like well okay so yeah it was just one afternoon and I started singing a couple tunes and Augie was like what what are you doing uh -huh. Uh -huh. <laughs> and then you know he very kindly was you know complimenting me and then he actually asked me to perform at his sister's restaurant river yes. west pizza yes. andrea haas's amazing restaurant if you haven't been there go go okay. go okay and so he was performing in her beautiful backyard area and it was with mark davis uh -huh. and jeff hammond and david bayless okay and that was it and after i sang with them dave was really kind and he really helped me and started saying you know you should definitely be singing more you know i, yeah. I sang a couple gigs with the guys and did you know just started getting more out there kind of yeah. not knowing what it was going to progress into and yeah and then bd greer was created so you kind of fell back into I did. this career. Yeah. You, you, so I'm assuming when you left New York, it wasn't, you know, I'm tired of, you know, the New York thing. I'm going to go back to Milwaukee and sing. You were coming back to Milwaukee to live, but singing wasn't on the radar. No, it wasn't. Wow. You know? And it's, it's, I know it's always been a part of me and I know I'm blessed and I'm, I'm good yeah. at it, but you know, I think... I think we lose, you know, when you're a performer or a vocalist, you, you lose kind of yourself yeah. if you don't take that time to kind of find out who you are. Oh, yeah. And I feel like I, I always say I wish I was who I was now when I was in New York because yeah. I think I would have had a little more like cahoots. I would have yeah. like kind of stood up for a little more of what I wanted and who yeah. I wanted to be there. But Milwaukee has 
opened its arms and it's been so wonderful and kind to me. You know, even Wisconsin, you know, a lot of my gents are up in the Oshkosh, Fox Cities area as well. So I I have a lot of amazing musicians from Milwaukee up to Oshkosh and Nina that I work with. That's awesome. Well, we're glad you fell back into singing then. (laughs) Well, Uh, thank you. And why don't we start by taking, start, start listening to your voice by taking a listen to the song Black Velvet. If you 
everyone. That was today's guest, B.D. Greer, with her rendition of the song Black Velvet. You know, you said something a moment ago that I think is really, really important. You talked about losing yourself. And, you know, as an artist and just as a human being, that's really a big thing when you come to an understanding of here's who I am, here's the value I bring to the world, and you know, here's how I'm, I'm here's, here's how comfortable I now am walking through the world as me, right? Like, how has that transformed your way of just thinking about your singing, but also thinking about how you operate in life? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, for my singing, honestly, you're always trying to fit in such a bubble or to be this kind of character when you're in New York City, especially in the musical theater world. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's when I knew I was just... I wanted to focus on just being a vocalist when I was a USO singer or a cruise ship singer or, you know, I was doing a lot of backup or just, you know, odds and ends or performing at Birdland and all these clubs around. I didn't focus on it as much as I wish I had, but I think that was also the, I didn't have that confidence, but I just feel like it's, it's progressed that I don't have to entertain anyone. It's yeah, all for me. That's and cool. yeah, and, and I don't think about it. You know, when I'm when I'm singing now and my my styles of music are so all over the spectrum, you know, I'm yeah. not just a jazz singer, I'm not just this classic rock singer, I'm not a Broadway singer. You yeah. know, I'm really just a vocalist is yeah. what I try to tell people. And I just connect with stuff that I feel that my voice as an instrument is connecting to mm-hmm. or that I'm when I sing that it connects to the people listening to me yeah. and I don't think I ever had that confidence when I was in New York City yeah. it's really been amazing at being older and having that now mm-hmm. that I just I just sing you mm-hmm. know I don't mm-hmm. think oh am I gonna hit that note or oh yeah. am I gonna hold it out this way or oh you know if anything I'm like okay I hope you know the musicians yeah. <laughs> like yeah. I'm following them I'm really I think that's what I love so much about performing is that I I'm like a musician's vocalist of just where I want to follow them and ha- and work with them you yeah. know kind of like how you watch musicians you know they're watching each other and they're on mm-hmm. their own kind of path I think as a vocalist I think that's what I th- I strive to is work with really good musicians to just keep doing that yeah that's cool that's cool so what are you hoping to accomplish now with your music you know as I I've you know this year, especially, I've had some wonderful, amazing, humbling things happen. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, winning Best Shepherds Expresses Best Vocalist, yeah. Female Vocalist, was, I mean, mind-blowing. Uh, last year, I got to do Summerfest with a, a friend's blues band. This That's year, cool. headlining Jazz in the Park yeah. was just, I mean, that really took me back to when I was doing stage theater and, you know, you have just thousands of people. Mm-hmm. But that, for me, was looking out and seeing all different kinds yeah. of people yeah. just enjoying and just being there, I think, enjoying just me singing, mm-hmm. you know, because I did, I did definitely do the standards into t- contemporary, but then also add in more of that, like, kind of by the end, I wanted them dancing. Yeah, yeah, so. yeah, yeah. <laughs> but with my music, I mean, I think I just want to keep doing what I'm doing. I want to keep honing it in and just finding where exactly I fit or anyone wants me to be. You know, I think we've talked about it. I really would love to just keep working with musicians, maybe be a vocalist for Uh any new songwriters or, you know, musicians looking for a a vocalist. I don't know. I I think for the first time, I'm not putting kind of a calendar or like a set stone of where I have to be. Uh Because I think in New York for so many years, it was like Broadway, Broadway. If I don't get to Broadway, I've never made it. Yeah. I didn't get that first national tour, if I didn't get that certain show, you yeah. know, you, you set these, these 
levels and if you don't meet them you're you feel like a failure and yeah. i just don't think you know anyone should ever do that to themselves yeah. and so i think that's where i am now where i'm just kind of you know opening myself up and making sure i'm in the right place at the right mm-hmm. time for anything to happen yeah i gotta get you i gotta get you in a room with my daughter and lock you guys in there for about two hours <laughs> together because you know how it is kids well your kids are young how mm-hmm. old are your kids i have a three and a six-year-old boy okay yeah two yeah boys. so your your boys are young yeah. right and i'm i'm a big believer now some people might get get mad at me for saying this but i i think boys having been a boy i think boys are pretty simple right mm-hmm. feed us entertain us <laughs> love us right yeah I have a daughter who is 17 now, and she wants to be a singer on Broadway, right? And I have been, so many of the things that you're saying today are things that I've been saying to her. Good singers can sing anything, right? Don't limit yourself to Broadway. There's all kinds of other things that you can do. That's a great goal to have, but there's all kinds of things that you can do, right? And of course, when I say those things, it's kind of like the eyes start rolling and it's like, you know nothing. You know, I'm not <laughs> listening to you. You know, my daughter is 17 going on 56 and you know how that is, right? She, she, and, I, and sometimes it's so funny because I have to tell her. You know, you, you you haven't been on this earth as long as I have. I know a few <laughs> things. I've made some mistakes to learn, right? But I think what you're saying is so great. Like, I think if all young singers took that attitude about, you know, I've been blessed with this gift, right? And let me maximize this gift and take let 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 God take me in this gift wherever we can go with it, right? Not just be pigeonhole themselves, right? Because I've heard so many stories of so many artists that that started down one path and ended up doing something totally different. And that other thing that they started doing that was not the path they started down was where they found their love, their if, if whatever level of fame and or fortune they were looking for, right? That's where they found it. So I think you, I think that's some great advice for young people. I think it's a full circle. I mean, honestly, if I was to ever, and when I do speak with your daughter, yeah. you know, I would just say again is to own that you have this voice, own yeah. that you've been given this talent. And again, if you want that, it'll happen. You know, full circle always happens. And again, if it's meant to be, it's meant to be. But again, I wouldn't be where I am in hotels, in my relationship, who I am as a vocalist, if I hadn't done the life skills, you know, if I hadn't just opened myself up and did all those many jobs or all those many gigs or just, you know, kind of was putting myself out there, you yeah. know, cause, and I didn't realize it at the time, but like now it's why I'm really good at being a concierge yeah. and why, you know, vocally I am kind of well diversed and open to so many different kind of styles of music was just all those years of just being put into different situations. Yeah. 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 So what do you like before you go on stage? Like, <laughs> are there, do you have routines or are you, are you nervous? Are you excited? You know, what, what, what's it like for you? You know what? I I don't get as nervous okay. like I used to, which yeah. is I think that me that's me just enjoying it. Yeah. You know, in New York, you don't have a car. Mm-hmm. So I really enjoy driving in Wisconsin. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we live outside of Milwaukee. So for me, you know, I've got a slight commute. Yeah. So that's like my warm up okay. or just kind of getting zen and ready. And then like with Jazz in the Park, you know, I just kind of hang out with my musicians and I feel like already ready and set. Yeah. So I'm just kind of ready for whatever is to come. But yeah, there's no um, 
you know, special drink or uh-huh. no tea or anything. Okay, okay, okay. <laughs> yeah, I just, you know, as long as I feel confident and I, you know, if my hair is curly uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> and the higher the better, I'm set. All I've, right. BD's ready. So. It's a hair thing. <laughs> That's all right. That's all right. So what are you, how does audience reaction impact what you do on stage oh that's huge it is you know you're doing it for yourself but you know honestly for an audience i will give them everything and anything and those are the people that you're doing it for right because you want to make an impact for them whatever whatever that is and i think it was when i was in new york it was those people behind a desk judging and critiquing you Uh and you had that for so long that's where i think i kind of lost the the love of it yeah but to be out there and to just have such wonderful people say such beautiful things or come back to another show of mine or like I said with Jazz in the Park you know that large group of people yeah. and just seeing everyone come together and just enjoy what we were giving them it, that just means everything to yeah, me yeah that's fantastic yeah that is awesome that is awesome well let's take a listen to one more song that you did this is the remake of the queen of we'll call her the queen of rock and roll really Tina Turner's Nutbush City Limits please welcome to the stage Brianna Davis.
just heard City Limits by B.D. Greer, our guest today. So I think I know a little bit of this, but I'd love to ask this question of all of our guests. What advice would you give your 13-year-old self about life? As we've been talking today, my 13-year-old self, I would say learn an instrument. Mm-hmm. Study everything. I mean, from art, from your being a musician, a vocalist, dance, yeah. I mean, all of it. You mean, even if you don't think you're good at it, I think the more confident you are in yourself in life, I think you'll learn it quicker. Yeah. And, you know, I had, I had some, I had a couple big opportunities, you know, that yeah. were presented to me when I was in New York to probably move pretty quickly and forward in, mm-hmm. in that business. And, you know, I don't think I would have been able to handle it correctly. And I don't think I would have, it wouldn't have been good for me, yeah, you know? Yeah. And so I, I do feel very lucky that maybe it, you know, it came down to me and one other person and then it wasn't me, you uh-huh. know, and it was just a matter of like my path and my life was to go this direction. But yeah. whatever it is, you should be proud of yourself. Yeah. You should know that God's got you yeah. and that you are always going to be in the right path as long as you have that. Yeah. And surround yourself with good people. You know, I'm, I'm, teaching my sons every day today, especially, you know, I have a a six-year-old son. Uh So he's going to be in kindergarten. And, you know, at times he's a very outgoing person. I have no idea Uh how he gets it. it (laughs) (laughs) But he's very outgoing. So I never worry about that. But there are times, you know, where he'll be like, oh, so-and-so is mean to me or so. And I just say, you know, honey, you don't need to be around someone like that. Go find some other friends, you know, because there are people out there who beat to the correct drum, who are are there to love you and support you and not to you know, bring you down. And if you see that sign, run the other direction. Yeah. You don't need to. There's so many wonderful people out in this world. Yeah. That's awesome. That's great advice. That's great advice. And it's, it's tough when you're a parent because you want to, you want to protect them so much. Right. And you want to, you want to, you want to see the, the things that are inside of them nurture and grow in the best fashion. But it is sometimes it's really hard to sit back and say to the, see them hurting and say, okay, you know, try to give them that knowledge that, you know, it's okay. And that, you know, I remember my first, the first time my daughter got a big award at her school, some of the girls started not talking to her, right? And I explained to her, and it was one of, I remember it just like it was yesterday. I'm bringing her home from school. She's in tears. And I'm in the car and I'm saying to her, sweetheart, I hate to tell you this, but this is one of those life lessons is that your success, everybody isn't going to be happy with your success. But you have to remember that your success is, one, something that you worked for. Two, it's a gift from God. And three, it's something that you need to be never be ashamed of achieving any level of success that you achieve because there was a price that you paid to get there right she worked hard for Mm -hmm, it mm -hmm. yeah i mean that's a prime example of those people you know yeah yeah it's unfortunate but it's what it's 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 the world we live in but great advice for your son and for for all of us really so we have this segment of the show that we do bd and it's called about it or doubt it okay if you're about it is something that you like if you doubt it is something you're not quite feeling can we can we get you to play about it or doubt it with us sure all right let's do it if you bought it get them up I mean you body body. That I mean you body. We say you body body. Uh, I represent. I doubt it. All right, so BD, we're going to spin the wheel and get you a about it or doubt it category, and then we're going to ask you a couple of about it or doubt it questions, okay? Okay. All right, let's do it. 
All right, BD, your category today is food and beverage. Oh. All right. Bout it or doubt it, whiskey. Bout it. Bout it. Okay. All right. That was a quick bout it, boy. That was that, my, you know. I have to say, that's probably where the growl in my voice comes from. All right. You got a, you got you got some favorites. Talk, talk me through your whiskey game. Oh, my gosh. I mean, I don't think I'm that fancy. So, uh -huh. you know, but, well, for many years when I was, I didn't have a show, I'd work as a bartender okay. at um, this Irish pub in New York City ah. owned by the fire marshal of New York. Oh, wow. So, and it was owned by him and then his partner who was an Italian okay. from New okay. York City. So you had the Italians, the cops, and then you had the firemen, yeah. Irish. And so <laughs> I think there was a time for many years where I could literally drink Jameson whiskey as water. Wow. And you would not know anything was wrong with me. So I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing. But uh, yeah, I mean, I, I love whiskey. You know, I don't do it probably as much, you know, especially wanting to wake up in the morning to be uh -huh. productive. Uh, but as an adult, I do love a Manhattan, yeah. so straight up, a yeah. little vermouth, okay. not too sweet. So. Okay, all right, all right. See, I, when I was in college, I used to feel like you felt about Jameson. I used to feel that way about tequila. I, used, I was actually convinced that tequila had a sobering effect on me. That was a problem. That was a problem. Yeah, I could agree with that because it's the energy. That's what it's doing. Exactly, exactly. All right, one more about it or doubt it in the food or beverage category. Steak. Ooh, about yeah yeah carnivore done yeah about yeah. all the way yeah. yeah i mean mark the general manager omar i mean they've got it going on yeah they know exactly how carnivore the restaurant mm -hmm. they do it i mean i I'm a little biased. I have to say Mason Street Grill yes, yes. is amazing. You know, I say it's a classic steak restaurant, and it's great to go for special moments, yeah. you know. But Carnivore, I don't know. They just know what they're doing. And if you don't like steak, it's a great spot. I love their seafood. Yeah, I have yeah. to say they do a really great job. But, yeah, I mean, I've never tried to go vegan. You yeah. know, I mean, we're all about moderation in our yep. family. Yep. But, yeah, give me a good steak. Absolutely. Yeah. Rare. Yeah, yeah, rare. Okay, you're like <laughs> my wife. You're like my wife. I'm more medium, but I am a, I, I actually spent six years as a meat cutter's apprentice, right? So my last two years of high school, and I worked my way through college as a meat cutter's apprentice, and I have the mangled finger and the scars to show for it, right? But I went through a very brief period of being around it. And a place that I worked at, we actually, we did it from live animal to table, right? Okay. So it was really, it was, it, for one, it was motivation for higher education, let me tell you that. Okay. Because it was like, that was hard, hard work. And I was like, man, I'm going to stay in college. I'm going to do really, really well <laughs> in college. And the guy that I used to work for used to always tell me, you don't want this for your career. Stay in college, get good grades, right? But I have a lot of respect for people that do that. But I went through a, a short period of time where I just stopped eating meat after I started doing that because it was just like, it was kind of overload, right? Yeah. And so, but I love a good steak. And so you mentioned Carnivore, which is a great restaurant. Yes. Those of you that are listening you that are in Milwaukee, you probably know that. But those of you that aren't in Milwaukee, you got to check that out when you come to town. Milwaukee has a really pretty good steak scene here. Oh, they though. do. Really I mean, do. The food scene. Yeah. I, I mean, you know, the vendors, being a concierge, I'm so fortunate to consider many, many of the restaurants my yeah. friends, to be connected with them. So our guests feel that local feel. Yeah. You know, Milwaukee. I, so when I moved to Milwaukee, you know, a lot of the New Yorkers would give, kind of give me that face and be like, ooh, how's Milwaukee? Yeah, yeah, and yeah, go, yeah, yeah. Um, hold up there. <laughs> 
I was like, this city's got it going on. Yeah. It is a gem. Yeah. The food scene, the music scene. Yep. I mean, it has blown up since yeah. when I was a little kid oh, yeah. here. But Milwaukee itself, it's just, again, it's a hidden gem. Yeah. But it, yeah, the restaurant scene's really great. Yeah, it really is. When I, I remember in 1989, I think it was, 88 or 89, I left Milwaukee to go to graduate school at the University of Texas. And I said to myself, I'll never come back here, right? And I remember getting on the plane. And back then, I had a Walkman <laughs> and putting in the sting, a Sting, putting in a song as we took off. Sting song, Consider Me Gone, right? That's what I listened to as we took off. And I'm going, but having come back to Milwaukee, there's so many good things here. Yeah, we got a good restaurant scene. It's amazingly livable, you know. We don't have rush hour. I call it rush minute having lived in New York City and Chicago and Dallas and Minneapolis and all these other places. Like, we don't have rush hour here. It is so manageable here. And then the price, the cost of living is amazing here. Like, my wife would love to live in Napa. And just on a humbug, we were out there a couple of years doing some wineries. And we decided, well, let's look at some land, you know. And so an acre of land, this was years ago. And Napa was about a million bucks, right? And like I remember saying to my wife, it's like, you know, we can live really, really good here. Yeah. And we won't live as good out there as we can here. Well, you know? and think of all the amazing things you and Nicole are doing, you know? Yeah. I mean, that's the thing is coming back to where you're from and bringing all that you've learned. Mm-hmm. And especially for the food scene or for the hotels, for the music scene that yeah. you guys are doing. I mean, that is what is going to continue to make Milwaukee on the map for yeah. sure. Yeah, I agree. I agree. So you mentioned that growing up, you had a lot of different musical influences, right? Mm-hmm. So what kind of stuff were you listening to in the house as a kid, how did that impact you? And what's playing in your car now? <laughs> well, uh, when I was a kid, and because of my parents, and they had such a variety of classic rock and soft rock and yeah. just all of a mix. But my dad got me this jukebox that had about 10 cassettes oh, of 50s cool. and 60s. And that was all I ever listened to for for years, for years. So that was always my style. And then I got into musical theater and I was really mainly for just like the rock operas, you Mm -hmm. know, just straight singing like chess and the Who's Tommy and Jesus Christ Superstar. And so that was really my style there. And then I think as I've gotten older, you know, I just have gained all this music knowledge from all the musicians and people around me, hence the USO and Mm -hmm. all that kind of style of music. You know, I, no matter what had always been li- I always was listening to Etta and Sarah Vaughn yeah. and Nancy Wilson yeah. for sure mm-hmm. I mean that was just something that my grandparents would be playing and so that kind of influenced as well but I you know my dad always said he told me I should have focused in jazz and I was like uh-huh. well I didn't hear you yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> he said well I should have said it louder but um, <laughs> you know I wish I had listened to him but I, I don't think I would have you know, knowing what I, who I was, you know, I don't think I would have grasped and loved and understood yeah. their stories yeah. as now an old, you know, mature woman. Yeah. You know, I get it now and I connect more with them. Yeah. Now what's playing in my car is probably any song I need to memorize. Okay. A lot of jazz, uh-huh. a lot of blues. I'm trying to get in the world of what my musicians are listening yeah. to. So I'm trying to, you know, I love Charlie Parker. Yeah. Um, you know, I've loved Charles Mingus. Oh, yeah. So a huge fan. I, you know, I'm really trying to focus on what he loved and his yeah, style because yeah. then as a vocalist I can kind of see what 
why those musicians were as great as they were uh-huh. so then I could fit a little more and maybe bring that that's yeah. maybe missing in Milwaukee. Yeah. And then, I mean, I'm a Caleb, so yeah, Christian okay. rock all the way. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> when, when I need, you know, when I need some Jesus in my life mm-hmm. and I need mm-hmm. to connect, I'm, I'm definitely listening to that. That's so. awesome. But yeah, it just, you know, kind of depends on my mood, so. Yeah. So when you aren't making music, working on, taking care of your family or, you know, being the concierge, head concierge at the Fister, what do you do for fun and what do you do to unwind? It's really all about the family, as you mm-hmm. know. So when I'm away, it's, it's you know, BD, it's the concierge at the Fister, it's connecting in our community. So when I'm with my family, honestly, the boys just want mom. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. Andrew sure. just wants Brianna. You know, uh-huh. my husband's a huge, huge supporter, which, I mean, is just wonderful, yeah. you know, to have that. But for us, I mean, right now in the summer, I mean, we literally live at the pool. Uh-huh. You know, they're huge movies buffs okay so having a three and a six year old boy oh, yeah. it's all about mario brothers okay it's all about teenage mutant ninja turtles all right i mean we're into that whole scene uh-huh. so you know i'm just i'm a boy mom yeah yeah i think you know i just i really make sure i take that on because you know there's so much that does take me away from them yeah and you know it's you you so want to be there for your kids just to make sure that they have felt love yeah. and they have felt that you've been there to support them. And then I know eventually they're not going to need me anymore, yeah. you know, but it's, it's neat. The boys are uh, themselves performers in their own way. Yeah. And they, they love, I, I try to take them when I can to shows, uh-huh. especially the six year old. He really can just kind of sit on the lines and like watch and, and kind of be involved. Yeah. But just so they know why, you know, if mom's away, what she's doing and yeah. you know, kind of yeah. get them involved too. Well, I'm going to dispel for you a misnomer that you just brought up. They will always need you. I am, you know, I was, I was always teased by my buddies growing up uh, for being a mama's boy, right? And I was unabashedly a mama's boy, right? <laughs> and I, I always needed my mom, you know? Well, and so, Thanks. you know, so trust me, they will always need you. They might, it, it might be, it, you know, it, you go through those phases where, the hugs become waves and things like that. But trust me, in their heart of hearts, they will always need you. Well, I have to say, I'm, I'm that mom who, who's like, where's my kiss? Yeah. Get over here. Yeah. I need my hug. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I good. feel like I'll still be doing that when they're older. And That's they'll be good. like, roll of the eyes. Uh-huh, you know? <laughs> uh-huh. But even when they're rolling the eyes, they want it. They yeah. want to give you that hug okay, and that good. kiss That's too. Good so to know. not to worry. <laughs> not to worry. So what's something that your fans, who people who get to see you perform, what's something that they'd be surprised to learn about you? Something to learn about me. I don't know. I mean, I think this has been something, I guess, just as who I am. You know, I I come from really good parents, good family, you know, being a strong believer. You know, it's kind of what you see is what you get. And I think it's hard for people. I mean, I had that kind of in high school, too, you Uh know, where girls would just I've heard a lot that they I've been told fake, you know, but as I've matured and become who I am, I mean, it really is. This is who I am. I've just life is so short and I just want to experience as best as I can. And I really do believe that we're all here to add good into this world. And there's a lot of bad. And so I think, you know, when people see me at at shows, you know, they'll just see someone who I think is kind of dorky, who's, you know, trying to just pull it together. But, you know, when I do sing, you know, that's when I connect and, um, you know, try to give them the best show possible. Yeah. Yeah. I love your point that we're all here to add good to this world, you know, and 
And what ended up being one of the very last conversations I ever had with my dad, one of the things he said to me was, I want you to always remember to think of others more highly than yourself, right? Yes. And that's basically his parting words to me, right? And I think it's a, it's a beautiful sentiment to be thinking about, like, we're here on this earth for a limited amount of time. We're here for a reason. And, you know, when we can do things to uplift others, I don't know that there's much better way to kind of go through life, is there? No, there isn't. You know, and I think that's when, you know, as you get older, it's, you know, if you have this ability and if you can just do good with it. Yeah. You know, and I think that's why maybe I didn't, you know, and again, I feel I've su- succeeded, but maybe I Absolutely. didn't get into the mainstream or maybe yeah. I wasn't living in L.A. or yeah. maybe I, I didn't hit those kind of levels of success. But I also feel like maybe I would have not. I would have lost myself and mm-hmm. maybe I wouldn't have more of an impact like I maybe do now mm-hmm. to do what I, I'm supposed to yeah, do. Yeah, yeah. So. And that's a, and that's it's really important to know that. Like I had a I had a guest on last week whose father is a very, very famous jazz musician, you know, top of the charts, touring all over the world, right? And she said that four times her father had arranged for her to get a music contract, right? And she felt at all those four times, she felt like, no, I'm not ready for this. And she turned it down four times, right? And I marveled at her personal fortitude and ability to understand that she wasn't chasing somebody else's definition of what success was. Right. Because success is, success is not the same for everybody. And I've come to learn and understand a lot in this life that success is not about the career achievement as much as it is about the life achievement, right? And life achievement is simple things. Life achievement is being at the pool with your guys, right? Or, you know, being able to see your mom or being able to have a story like sleeping on that mattress with your mom <laughs> in, that, in, that, in that apartment in New she York, She loves right? to tell that story, yeah, too. Yeah, of course. How she roughed it in New York. <laughs> but those are, the, those are the things you think about. They, you don't think about yeah. the, you know, you don't think about the time you got that promotion where you earn five grand more you don't think about those as much you think about those things that really happen in your life day in and day out that really add value to your life yeah i mean honestly i feel that's why i'm a concierge too you know i encounter so many people at the hotel and especially a lot of people who come into milwaukee and they're like i don't know what to do and it's like the eye roll or i get a lot of the new yorkers Uh so then when i'm like oh I know New Yorker. And then I can tell them their story and they're like, what are you doing here? I'm like, why am I not here? Uh-huh, like Milwaukee's uh-huh. the place to be. So I feel like that is my job as well yeah. is that I get to encounter so many people who come into our city, stay at our hotel and they have this like second guess and I get yeah. to show them the way of Milwaukee. So Yeah, that's awesome. Well, we got time for one more song. How about we take a listen to Cry to Me? <laughs>
was Cry to Me by B.D. Greer, our guest today. So, B.D., I got a couple of questions I, that I ask every guest. I like to put you guys on the spot a little <laughs> bit. So the first one is you can invite any three people to a dinner party, living or deceased. Who's coming to your party and what's on the menu? Oh, my goodness. Um, <laughs> uh, uh, Jimi Hendrix. All right. Ooh. Bonnie Raitt. Uh-huh. I would probably say Nancy Wilson. Okay. Tell that me the why. Tell me the whys behind them. Those are great ones. Well, That'd be a fun party. This will kind of show, I mean, that kind of shows you my style of yeah. my love. Jimi Hendrix, that was the very first artist that my dad had me listen to when okay. I was about eight years old. And just, I loved the rock. I loved his presence. I loved his, just the command that he had. Yeah. You know, it'd be easy and it could be Janis Joplin too, you uh -huh. know, because that's kind of a style of how I sing as well when I kind of go there. But Jimi Hendrix, he just exuded that classic rock of that time period. Bonnie Raitt, my dad has always loved female vocalists, yeah. um, but Bonnie Raitt has just always been a storyteller. Yeah, She's been a woman who's been able to mix with men performers at yeah. that time yep. and really kind of hold herself and still be the fine glass of wine that she is uh -huh, today. Uh -huh. You know, working in New York, I was very fortunate to get to meet her oh, and her cool. band and get to know them. Yeah. That was one of many highlights. Like, that was a big highlight for me. But she, I mean, just all her music is just yeah. beautiful. Her voice, her storytelling. And then Nancy Wilson, I mean, she just exudes it all at that time period yeah. and I don't think even no I don't think anyone ever knew yeah. what she stood for but she stands for that kind of rasp and that growl but not as harsh and wonderful as Etta James uh -huh. but she also told her stories and then just I think she stood for what the music scene was trying to break out of yeah you know where it was you had your classic standard American book but she also was kind of adding that contemporary mm -hmm. and I think then moved forward so yeah that's awesome what's on the menu Oh, um, what's on a menu? I mean, for them, you would probably want to do steak, uh -huh, right? Uh -huh. Something hearty. I think you're in the Midwest. So, yeah, I would say steak, uh -huh. lobster. All right. I don't know. I'm thinking boring right now. But all I can think of is sushi. So oh, okay, maybe it's sushi. Okay. <laughs> I, I, my husband and I are obsessive sushi fans. So maybe that's what it is. It's all Japanese. There you okay. go. Okay. <laughs> all right. All right. That is awesome. That is awesome. So what are your favorite three albums of all time? Oh, my gosh. Well, I mean, the Beatles. Yeah. First one. Um, names are escaping me. Sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My senior That's moments. Okay. The Beatles. Oh, I would say Sarah Vaughn's. Uh -huh. Lady Bird. So I'm Bird. Yep. Uh -huh. So I would say her first one. And then, I mean, there's so many of them in my life. So, yeah. I mean, I'd probably say go back to, oh, you know, Eric Clapton's. Oh, there you go. That's, yeah. 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 Yeah, yeah that would be cool. one of my favorites. The first one I ever heard was a cover of Killing Floor, uh -huh. Eric Clapton doing of Crazy Bird. So, uh -huh. yeah, that would be, those would be my three right awesome. now. So. Awesome. Awesome. So what does the rest of this year hold for you musically? Well, uh, I mean, it's a busy month of August, uh -huh. just enough. Yeah, yeah. And then kind of quiets down. I think I'm just kind of opening up to see what's next. Yeah. Probably working on a lot of new music. Okay. Uh, just because this last year or so, with what I've been doing with my musicians, whether it's like the classic rock soul, you know, we've got sets uh -huh. that we've been doing. So, I mean, it's like a tight oiled machine. Yeah. Um, but for us, I think it's time to kind of expand uh -huh. and maybe push a little more of the buttons or what it is that BD Greer stands for and what yeah. I want to show. Yeah. Um, so I think working on that and then just getting ready, I think, for next year's festivals. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I, I really, I didn't know there were times 
times or when I should be reaching out, you mm-hmm, know? And so mm-hmm. I think I want to just really hone on new music. I want to tighten, you know, my EP kit. I want to make sure my website's kind of really showcasing what I am and what I want to do because now I kind of see what I kind of need to put out there. So, and then just getting ready, I think for a new year. So yeah. Awesome. Well, where can people find you? What what, on social or your website? Yeah, absolutely. So my website's bdgreer.com, B-D and G-R-E-E-R.com. I'm also on Facebook as BD Greer, but if you go to the website, um, it connects to my email. So if anyone ever wants to get hold of me, they can get hold of me. Awesome. Well, BD, I want to thank you for taking time to join us today and let us in and learn a little bit more about you and your music. Really enjoy our conversation. Thank you, Carl. It's such a pleasure. Absolutely. Thank the pleasure is all mine. All right, everybody, be sure to, get to, to come see 19-time Grammy nominee Larry Carlton and contemporary jazz hit makers Rick Braun, Paul Brown, Julian Vaughn, Lindsey Webster, Lynn Roundtree, Ali Silk, and Jeff Ryan at the 2023 Fresh Coast Jazz Festival, August 25th through 26th at the Paps Theater. Tickets for the Fresh Coast Cruise are sold out, and we only have a few VIP seats left, so get your tickets today. That's our show for this week. Be sure to check out our website, freshcoastjazz.com, to sign up for our email list so you can stay up on what's going on with contemporary jazz. We'll see you next time on Fresh Coast Jazz Backstage. Backstage.